Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Hello, good day. How are you? We have an announcement. We are introducing something a little fun into our podcasts each month, a monthly swag bag giveaway. Yep, that's right. Each month, which will be the last episode of each month, we are going to be giving one lucky listener a monster swag bag of goodies that will include products from our sponsors and some Derm Health Co merch. How do you enter? Simply send us a letter outlining what you loved or learnt from the Derm Health Co platform and share a little about your skin empowerment journey. It may even just look like what skin empowerment means to you. We'll choose one lucky winner each month and share your story on the podcast. Simply email info at dermhealth.co. Can't wait to hear from you. And just as a little side note, this is only open to Australian residents. Hello, I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Kirsty Taylor of The Nourishing Way. You may remember Kirsty from an earlier episode where we spoke about rosacea and SIBO. And Kirsty's episode was so popular that I asked her to come back on today and we were chatting about the gut. But before we go along, for those that don't know Kirsty, she is a clinical nutritionist, wellness enthusiast, and founder of The Nourishing Way. And she has a degree, health science, majoring in nutritional dietetic medicine. Her passion really is for combining science with connection to yourself and surroundings, so thereby giving you confidence to make decisions over your health. And you will find that in all her episodes, uh, the last one and this one today, Kirsty has this fantastic way of talking about some topics that are quite complicated and really simplifying it. So you may have noticed there's been a lot of talk about gut lately. And what's going in your gut may affect your overall health and well-being, including the health of your skin. So that is what the topic is going to be today. Uh, but more specifically, we are going to be talking about the intrinsic links between gut health and psoriasis, the incredible complexity of the gut and its importance to our overall health is a topic in increasing research in the medical community, which is amazing. Uh, numerous studies in the past few decades have demonstrated that the links between the gut and the immune system, mood, mental health, autoimmune diseases, endocrine disorders, skin disorders, and also cancer. Um, and we're also going to be covering things such as probiotics in the episode today. And probiotics feed the good bacteria in the gut. And these helpful microorganisms support the functioning of the immune system, which can control symptoms of chronic conditions such as psoriasis. 
So since it's thought that good health begins in your gut, could there be a connection with some of these skin conditions? I started by asking Kirsty what she thought was the biggest misconception about gut health. I love this question because I would say that most people don't really understand how wide-reaching the effect of their gut health can be. I think many people just assume that gut health affects their gut, so it gives them symptoms like bloating, constipation, diarrhea, but it can literally affect every system in your body. Hippocrates, who is often referred to as the father of medicine, he famously said that all disease begins in the gut. And I think the more that you delve into pretty much any condition, there always seems to be an element of poor gut health that has added to that condition in somehow. And I would say that most people sort of don't even have gut symptoms when they have poor gut health. So they could have symptoms like uh, skin conditions or even mood disorders, lowered immunity, asthma, even things like a simple headache or like, you know, continuingly headaches can be the result of poor gut health. It doesn't necessarily have to be gut symptoms. So yeah, I think that is probably the biggest misconception. Wow. So interesting. And just that it affects so many different facets of our health as well. So what really is gut health? I'm sure that if you asked different people this, they'd probably come up with a variety of different answers. So I'm going to answer based on what I think and also how I would apply it in practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, a gut health begins with our mouths and finishes at our bottoms because quite literally this is one big long tube and we need it to be functioning properly from end to end. There's a lot of talk about gut health in particular reference to the gut microbiome and this microbiome that they're referring to is the one located in our large intestines and the main players in that microbiome are things like our bacteroides, our firmicutes, um, our protobacteria phyla and each one of us will have a different ratio of these in our guts and it's the health and diversity and probably even the function of this microbiome, the one that resides in our large intestines, that we've really been able to link to our overall health and also those particular conditions that we face with our health. And this is probably because there's a lot more research being done into this microbiome rather than say a microbiome in our mouths that we also have. Um, So we do have these colonies of microbiomes that live basically all through our digestive tract. So they start in our mouths and go all the way down, but we also have them in other areas of our bodies. And I'm sure your listeners know, uh, we do have microbiome on the skin. Um, So yeah, we use a lot more, um, I suppose, microbiomes in our body than just in our large intestine, but it tends to be the one we focus on. So gut health really does start with chewing our food properly. And then we need a really strong acidic stomach environment and we need optimal levels of digestive enzymes in our small intestines. And then we need that really nice balance of microbes in our large intestines. If any one of these areas are not working properly, we can, and I would say most probably will, see our health compromised a little. Now, it may not be anything major, but it may lead to something more serious if it occurs for too long. So ultimately, the function of all those other areas of our gut will see alterations in this gut microbiome. And I know it's probably a bit of a 
trendy topic. We talk about that sort of balance we have in our microbiome, but it was really important to our health. It's like I said earlier, our gut health and particularly the bacteria that is in our microbiome has effects on everything from like skin health, moods, hormones, metabolism, and our immunity. Mm, really interesting. And I like that you say that it is a whole system, you know, from our mouths to our bottom. It's, it's not just our gut. It's not just our intestines, just like our skin, you know, it, it's an organ uh, and there's so many facets to it. Same with our gut health, that it's not just one thing, it's multiple things working together, which I guess in some ways can make it more complicated to perhaps treat. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our body we say like, you know, obviously the gut is all connected, but then that is connected to the rest of the systems in our body. We can't ever just look at one area in isolation. We really do have to take that holistic approach and look at maybe sometimes up to like three or four different areas of our body in terms of getting our health back on track. Yeah. So today we're delving a little deeper into psoriasis. So there is some kind of study and and things out there on the media that is suggesting that psoriasis may be linked to gut health or somehow interconnected. Are you able to explain this a little bit further? Yeah, absolutely. I will during this to explain the link between the gut and the skin because I think it's a really nice starting spot and then I can sort of elaborate into how that particularly works for psoriasis. Amazing. So yeah, the skin and the gut have very similar roles. So they basically are designed to defend our body against pathogens, sort of to stop things coming into our body that we don't want. And as I said before, they both have that beneficial bacteria population. So our gut keeps toxins and infections at bay and our skin works with this to help eliminate some of that waste that occurs when it's sort of like detoxing those toxins out of our body. And this is why the skin can be a marker for an unhealthy gut. Interestingly, it's also been shown that if you have a bad burn, it can actually alter the gut, making it more permeable or leaky. So the actual, they talk to each other in both directions, not just gut to skin, but also skin to gut. Now the skin is made up of various layers. And as those layers get closer to the outside skin, we see the cells differentiate or change as they make their way up to the skin surface. Now, our gut microbiome has some positive actions on the skin as it goes through this differentiation process. There are certain microbes in our guts, such as like Bacteroides fragilis and certain clusters of Clostridium that actually promote regulatory T cells called lymphocytes that help with the anti-inflammatory response at the skin level. Short-chain fatty acids that are produced when our gut microbes break down and ferment complex carbs also help with increasing these regulatory cells. And these allow things like our hair follicles to develop properly, but also our wounds to heal. On the opposite side of that, a disrupted or altered microbiome can affect the skin through interrupting the process, the way the skin cells differentiate. And it does that through its interaction with the immune system. Now with psoriasis, one of the underlying aspects of this condition occurring is when the kyrinotocytes, you might be able to help me pronounce that better. Keratinocytes. Um, that's them. <laughs> these are the cells that help produce our skin. And these actually abnormally proliferate and change when we have psoriasis. So we get more of these cells and this results in that thickening of the skin. 
And one of the reasons this happens is again via that immune system. And this is where the gut health comes in, particularly the gut microbiome as it interacts with the immune system and can alter the level of inflammation in our body. Now around 80% of our immune cells are on the outside of our gastrointestinal tract. And this is how the gut talks to the immune system. It helps maintain the balance of our T cells, which turn on and off different areas of our immune system. So when our immune system is turned on, it often switches on the inflammation. Now inflammation is a really important role in helping our body fight off bacteria and viruses. However, when it gets stuck in that on position and we get too many of those T cells that promote inflammation and not enough of the T cells that regulate it, that's basically when the problems can start occurring. So in the case of psoriasis, dendritic cells and neutrophils, and now these are inflammatory T cells, they're activated and they interact with the cells that make our skin. So when the skin lesions in those people with psoriasis have actually been studied, it has been shown that there's an upregulation of inflammatory enzymes and also the T helper 17 cells, which are inflammatory. And these cause the skin cells to produce too quickly. So the link between inflammation and the psoriasis in the gut is well established here. The inflammation also has been shown to cause mutations in the proteins in the skin barrier. And this lowers the fat level that we need to make a healthy skin barrier, which can increase and possibly worsen cases of psoriasis. One of the other known causes of activating inflammatory T cells is candida. Now, this is a yeast that is normally found in our gut, and it can also be found in other areas of our body. And our skin is one of those places. When it's overgrown, it causes like a fungal-like infection. Many listeners might know it as either thrush or tinea. So when this overgrowth happens in our gastrointestinal tract, it can cause a whole host of problems from like general digestive upsets, but also things like aching joints, energy slumps, the skin infections, and psoriasis. And it's this candida overgrowth that contributes to the altered nails that people with psoriasis can experience and also the arthritic symptoms that people with psoriasis can also get. There's also a very similar pattern in the dysbiosis between people with inflammatory bowel disease and psoriasis. So these people have a reduction in strains like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, but higher levels of things like E. coli, helibacter and that, that candida strain. So these strains can actually cause inflammation in the gut itself. And through that inflammation, the walls of the gut become more permeable. So it actually allows these great, not so great bacteria to enter into the bloodstream. And our body's very clever. So it knows that those bacteria are not meant to be in our blood. So they take it to areas of our body to make us safe. And as I said earlier, the skin is one of those places where our body uses to eliminate waste. So it's often the case that these strains of inflammatory bacteria are taken up to our skin to be expelled from the body. But we know that the skin has a microbiome of its own. So having those less desirable bacteria there can actually alter the skin microbiome as well. Again, just increasing that inflammation. So as you can see, that sort of inflammation driver from the gut to the skin is pretty prevalent, which is why we really need to look after our gut microbiome for our skin health. How fascinating. And it also just shows and so clearly how it 
can be this vicious cycle of increased inflammation and then these um, mediators and it just goes on and on and on. In your experience treating those with psoriasis or skin conditions in general, do you see that just by supporting the gut that you can either cure or significantly reduce these skin conditions or, or is there much more to it? As a dermal clinician, we will treat topically and obviously we'll perhaps work interprofessionally with other providers. They may be looking at some kind of prescription medication as well, but from an internal perspective, what is your protocol for this? Yeah, we generally will always support the gut just because of basically like all the things I've just said in terms of the link between the two of them, but really working with that inflammation piece as well, which definitely starts in the gut, but then also looking, like you said, at how we then can support it with working with someone like yourself from a topical area as well. So we do definitely have to do it, I think, from both areas. It can't just be done internally. And often that inflammation is not necessarily always a nutrition-based inflammation, can also be lifestyle factors. So often work a lot with people in terms of getting down that stress because the stress and its effect on the microbiome can be really strong in terms of any kind of disruption, but also uplifting and altering that immune response. I really don't think people give enough credit to stress driving inflammation and then driving underlying conditions in our body through the gut and the alteration there. So really trying hard to look at that, but then also getting back in some nutrients. So once the body has sort of, and the gut has healed and we can start absorbing some of those nutrients again, really starting to work with the nutrients we know help build healthy skin, you know, like vitamin C, the collagens, different proteins, but also good fatty acids. And then like we said, with the complex carbs and getting those short chain fatty acids to be able to ferment those, to be able to then continue that cycle of just really making that microbiome and the skin thrive again. Yes. How do we get it so wrong? I mean, many of us would consider that we have a relatively healthy diet and we might get in our three veg and meat and our fatty fish during the week and, and eggs and such. How does this kind of self-perpetuating cycle start and where does it go so wrong? Is it just about the food that we're putting in? I know you also mentioned stress as well. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that you said probably pricked my ears up the most was the getting in the three veg because I think one of my biggest I suppose things that I like shouting from the roof is that we absolutely at a minimum have to eat five serves of veggies. So I know that's sort of the government's, you know, five a day type slogan. And, you know, realistically, definitely some people could eat or do with eating sort of six to seven serves. But we know that in Australia, 95% of people don't eat their five serves of veggies and all of our nutrients, all of our vitamins and our minerals really do come from eating those vegetables or plant-based products. So like nuts and seeds as well. And I just think like that is probably the foundation that we are missing because we are really just grabbing the most convenient things. And unfortunately, if we look at even our food supply, some of our veggies that we are eating have been in cold storage for quite some while and they just generally 
lose nutrient value as they sit in cold storage. Our soil isn't as great as it used to be. So our veggies are not drawing up as much nutrients. I mean, so we can look at it from that perspective, but even just most people aren't even getting their first five serves of veggies. There is a predominance, particularly in Australia. I definitely used to be one of those people that, you know, on my plate, I think half of it used to be meat. Now it's, you know, a good sort of two thirds would be vegetables and now like really good quality meat. And I think that makes a difference too, in terms of like, if you're eating your proteins, making sure they are going for quality over quantity. I think we just go so quickly for that quick option what we think is a quick option but realistically if we're eating sort of three serves of veg for our lunch and our dinner and then adding a really nice source of protein and some good fats and keeping it really simple we can actually have that very nice steady base of which we can then i suppose increase our health based on that just such a simple yeah like, yeah so eat more veggies. <laughs> uh, yeah i've heard that um it should we should be eating 30 different plant-based variety every single week and i know most people might just be eating the same 10 fruit and veggies on rotation yeah um, and those plant-based do include things like nuts and seeds and our legumes and stuff like that so if you start adding some of those in i think you know it doesn't seem so daunting mm. <laughs> to actually try 30 different things but yeah I must say I probably don't quite hit my 30, but I do try and eat variety and seasonally where I can. Yeah, you'd almost need to keep a diary of all the different varieties or a checklist because I think I find it hard to kind of add up all the different plant-based that I would eat each week. It could be an interesting experiment. Yeah, I think I might have to do that just out of curiosity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, this is a little bit outside of the scope of psoriasis, but I was just thinking in terms of our gut health and that previous question of where did we go so wrong? And you were talking about our food cycle and things like that. Is there evidence to suggest that our forefathers and things did not experience the same kinds of illness or the same kinds of skin? conditions but that were perhaps linked to our gut absolutely like you've a lot of not only skin conditions but a lot of health diseases have sort of sprung up in the past maybe 100 or 200 years and if you think if you go back there's been evidence of man on earth for millions of years that that sort of last 200 year history is such a small portion of the amount of time that I suppose man has been around for. So if we look at that, it's actually a lot of the conditions that we're experiencing are relatively new and not something that our bodies have had to deal with in times gone by. So what are some common signs of an unhealthy gut? Oh, this is probably an endless list because mm -hmm. um, it can affect pretty much every system. But if you're looking at directly related to your gut, it would be things like bloating, constipation or diarrhea or both. Some people can experience both. Wind, abdominal pain, burping, heartburn, feelings of nausea. You may be able to just notice that you're beginning to react to foods that you could once tolerate that maybe you're starting to find symptoms with now. It can be that you are experiencing maybe you're more tired or more fatigued, like you can't sleep properly. And maybe that fatigue comes, you know, 
from not sleeping, but maybe it's really not explained. So that could be your gut. Again, alterations in mood can definitely be one of those things and just some like general mental health disorders that some people can experience. And again, these are like changes outside of things that you can sort of explain. So like, you know, if someone annoys you and you get angry or something sad happens, you get sad, then definitely that's not your gut. But if you find that your mood varies a lot and that's maybe not really explained, then it could be your gut health. Same with things like your hormones, so your sex or your thyroid hormones, because the way the body processes and eliminates our hormones is affected by our guts. So you might also find that you're getting maybe more sick with colds and flus. Like I said, the immune system, 80% of that is on the outside of your gut. So it's definitely going to be affected. And things like seasonal allergies or even asthma have been linked to the gut. Joint pain, not recovering from exercise. Like all of these things can really point to the fact that you do have a bit of an altered gut. And I know it seems like I've pretty much just almost rattled off like every symptom or every condition, but I really do believe that most disease that we have begins in the gut. So whilst we definitely will treat these symptoms in other ways, we do need to look at the gut as well to help in healing the process of some of these conditions. Mm, so fascinating. And even in terms of just coming back to skin health, and you mentioned that someone that has experienced significant burns can actually have an altered gut microbiome. That is just absolutely mind blowing. And it's really exciting to start seeing some of this research come out just to show how many facets of our health that it can affect. Probiotics are a very common thing that people would have taken perhaps if they've been on antibiotics or maybe they're just taking it for general good health. I think there are a bit of a trend, but also in regards to psoriasis, can probiotics help control psoriasis? There's not really very conclusive studies done between probiotics and psoriasis. There's some general ones where they've had some good results with, and I'll give you the exact strain. So it's Bifidobacterium infetus 35624 and Lactobacillus sporogis. And they have actually helped lessen the scaling and thickening that occurs, but they're probably the two main ones that are in particular regard to psoriasis. But we do know that the Lactobacillus strains are really good for just general skin health and appearance. So Lactobacillus brevis SBC 8803 increases blood flow to the skin so it helps take the nutrients there that's needed but this is where I always caution people to work with someone that sort of knows what they're doing because if you're increasing blood flow to the skin that is fantastic but if you have an altered gut microbiome and it is leaking some of that bad bacteria into your blood do you necessarily want to be promoting that through that increased blood flow at that time so it might be that you work with rebuilding your gut bacteria to be more healthy to start with and then start looking at adding some of these extra probiotic strains into. So that's something that I think people really need to be cautious of. And like you said, not just sort of taking it because they got told it 
it was good for them. And also another one is Saccharomyces boulardii, which is a great one for helping that candida overgrowth. So Saccharomyces is actually a yeast itself, but it does compete with candida. So it can help reduce the candida, which is very important in psoriasis. Ah, wow. And in regards to these specific strains, can these Mm -hmm. just be found on the shelf or do you really need to be seeing a professional? Obviously, firstly, to prescribe it to and make sure that you are in fact taking the right ones. But are these the types of probiotics that we would see in the common probiotics off the shelf, say at the local pharmacy? No, when you get down to very particular strains, they can actually be hard even for practitioners to get hold of sometimes because obviously a lot of the research is done in laboratories first. So we know that they are good, but they do take a little bit more time to sometimes make it into mainstream. So that's why really looking. And a lot of the times, if you even off the shelf ones won't particularly have the strain on them but I mean if you contact the supplier a lot of the times they will give it to you sometimes it's proprietary blend blend so they can't but a lot of the times I find they're quite helpful but even if you don't necessarily have to have the particular strain you know like having lactobacillus we know will help the skin so if you are a little bit worried about skin health and want to start then lactobacillus is available on an off-the-shelf product Okay. And in regards to probiotics, again, would this always be part of a regime in healing the gut? I generally say yes, because a lot of the times we have to restore the balance. So mm-hmm. we're having to put in those good lactobacillus and the bifidobacterium that always seem to be pushed down when our the bad bacterial things like the firmicutes actually start overtaking. So it's often the case that we do need to add some of these bacteria back in when we're healing the gut. Yeah, got it. And in regards to just the general population, is it recommended Mm -hmm. to be incorporating probiotics into our daily diet? I don't think everyone needs to actually take a probiotic. I think we can definitely do it through food. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the best way to do it because your body knows what to do with real food. And I think some foods, and again, these are foods that have been around for years. So things like sauerkraut and kimchi, which are so easy and you can actually make them at home, but you can also get some great store-bought products. Yogurt with live cultures in it. I mean, you can even ferment this at home or if you do buy it off a shelf, again, make sure it has the live cultures in it. Kiffer's a really good one as well. And even things like buying produce straight from the farmer and because especially if you know that they don't really spray their plants and then if you don't wash them too well the actual bacteria in the dirt can actually be great for your microbiome so i'm not saying go and eat the dirt but i'm saying don't don't scrub your carrots maybe quite as well or don't peel them like wash them but then eat the skins one thing i would be cautious of would be kombucha so that's a yeast based product and it can actually increase yeast overgrowth you also need to make sure you're having prebiotic food So they actually help feed the probiotics and keep them in your gut. So eating food like asparagus, garlic, onions, 
cooked and cooled rice or potato is really good. It becomes quite a resistant starch that bacteria love to feed on. And my personal favorite, cacao, because we could always do with a little bit extra chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then we also really need some of that complex carbohydrates because microbes actually use these and ferment them to make things like our short-chain fatty acids. And these help keep the gut environment really healthy and also our immune system responsive. So we definitely need to make sure that our body is producing that. And I couldn't talk about gut health without talking about bone broth. We're basically the first generation that didn't get bought up with bone broth. And this is thanks to the production of stock cubes because we don't need to make the broth anymore from our bones because that just comes in the powder. But the proteins and minerals are amazing for our gut. And it's also been shown that they actually help grow our own probiotics. And again, they'll be the ones that our body actually needs. And they also give a great dose of collagen, which we know is absolutely gold for our skin. And again, you can actually buy some really good store-bought ones of these at the moment. So you don't have to spend hours you know, cooking up bone broth or, you know, taking up a lot of room in your fridge. There is some really great off the shelf products. Mm, Amazing. I have made bone broth a couple of times myself and it is quite a long process, but it is quite satisfying at the end. Do you have a favorite recipe? I basically just either, I actually like putting it in my slow cooker because again, I think it's super easy. It doesn't matter which bone, so they'd be like the carcass of a chicken or just some really nice marrow bones from either like beef or lamb and again make sure you're getting like a good quality one so go to a butcher that you know does use grass-fed meat because again you our bones hold a lot of those vitamins and minerals so we want to make sure that we're getting good quality stick it all in i like adding some onion garlic ginger I think star anise or fennel can be really nice to give it a little bit extra flavor, some turmeric for some anti-inflammatory. And I always just like putting a few carrots and celery in there as well, covering it with water and then just leaving it for 24 hours. And then you have this lovely broth in it. I love the jelly that it makes. Like the, mm. once it's cool, that's when you know you've got a, a great broth when it gets that kind of jelliness to it. Perfect. And then you just add it to your food. I have even known people just to drink it as a broth. I will drink it just as a broth. That's why I usually put the other flavors in it. I just find too, if you get some really good bones, the flavor is amazing and it can be very comforting to have a cup of broth. Absolutely love it. Yes. Especially while we're going into winter here in Australia. Yep. So for those that may be experiencing one of those 50 gut symptoms, um, and maybe they don't know if it is linked to their gut, but they may also be experiencing a skin condition, what would be some advice for them from you? I would say really pay attention to your body's response to foods. So look for any foods that may increase symptoms of your skin condition and see if you can work out maybe what is triggering it investigate if there is a link between what you're experiencing and your gut. So maybe you might even notice that you get um, a little bit more 
bloated or maybe you experience a little bit more heartburn and at the same time maybe you particularly in cases like psoriasis maybe you get you know an increase of those hot spots that you can get so just maybe notice that if the gut is a little bit uncomfortable does your skin also flare and seek some help and just keep searching until someone can help you because there is a definite link between the gut and the skin I mean prime example of this and I love this one is when your skin can actually go orange when you eat too many carrots and that's because basically the part of the carrot that makes it go orange is taken from your gut to your skin so we definitely know that link is there and our gut will take things up to the skin so if it can do that with you know the orange from carrots it can definitely do it with the other things that you're putting into your gut so yeah don't give up on trying to I suppose find the help that you need to for your skin Mm, literally we are what we eat yes (laughs) yep well thank you for sharing so much information Kirsty I just found it absolutely fascinating to hear about all the different probiotic strains many that I will probably never be able to remember the names of (laughs) where can people find more about you and the work that you do Okay, so my website is thenourishingway.com.au. I also love hanging out on Instagram and Facebook, which is just thenourishingway underscore. Oh, and I'm also about to launch a podcast myself, which is called, yeah, Find Your Hum. So that will be out by the time this episode airs. So you can also, yeah, search for that in the same place that you found this one. Fantastic. And what will be the basis of that? It's basically exploring how all aspects of our health can actually contribute to, you know, finding that little part inside you, that hum that actually makes you feel alive. So we're looking at nutrition, movement, spirituality, relationships, investigating all of those different aspects of our life to basically create a life that makes you hum, however that looks for you. How beautiful. Okay. Well, we're definitely sharing that in the show notes. I know our listeners and myself are always looking for new podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for being a guest for the second time on today's show. It was awesome to have you, Kirsty. I love our chat. Thank you. Thank you. I just love speaking with Kirsty because she has this way of breaking down a quite complicated topic like pre and probiotics into something that's really simplified and easy to understand. So I hope you learned a lot from that. Uh, The three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were if anyone asks what is the link between what we eat and then showing on our skin. We can use the example as if we eat too many carrots, we may see that we start to look a little carroty in colour because of the better better carotene. And um, this is really interesting. I've never thought about it that way, but we are literally what we eat. Um, The food and the sustenance that we eat will essentially give nutrients to every cell in our body so it is important that we are kind of thinking that way in more holistic view and yes it can actually have a direct correlation to some people if they notice that diet 
triggers certain skin conditions such as psoriasis. Number two, the links between psoriasis and gut health are quite interesting. I think we do have a a bit of a longer way to go in regards to uh, studies and things like that. But you may have heard a recent episode that we did from with Stephanie from CS Psoriasis, and she spoke to us about when she eats better, I guess more healthy, more nourishing foods that are whole foods. She does notice that her psoriasis reduces. On the contrary, if she has a bit of a blowout, she does notice that she might get a flare-up of her psoriasis. So it will be very individual depending on the person. It's important that you understand your symptoms and maybe work with someone to further understand and develop what you know your symptoms and triggers are. Um, But it is quite interesting to see this new research coming out. And number three, pre and probiotics. Um, uh, I know myself I've taken, you know, the frig- refrigerated probiotics off the shelf because I thought, oh, they must be good for me. And while they can be, um, as Kirsty mentioned, there are so many different varieties and it really depends on what it is that your specific gut needs. You may need to have a stool sample. At the end of the day, unless you are being prescribed probiotics, it is actually better to get this from your whole food because your body knows what to do with it. Um, So try and eat a really wide range of food groups. I'm not going to go into all the nutritional things that uh, Kirsty said, of course, and we have covered this in other episodes, but um, really try and get it from your whole foods, which was a take or home point for me. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. If you loved this episode and you enjoyed listening to it, then I'd really like for you to take a screenshot while you're listening and then tag us on your social media at dermhealth.co. It helps more people find about the podcast and helps us grow and spread the information further. Until next time, be skin powered. Ah, ah, before you go, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a reminder about our monthly swag bag giveaway. Yep, that's right. We are starting a swag bag giveaway and each month, the very last episode of each month, we are going to be giving one lucky listener a monster swag bag of goodies that will include products from our sponsors and some DHC merch. So to enter, just email info at dermhealth.co, share a letter outlining what you loved or learned from the Derm Health Co platform and share a little about your skin empowerment journey. It could even mean what skin empowerment means to you. We will choose one lucky winner each month and share your story on the podcast. So get typing info at dermhealth.co. I can't wait to read all your letters.